out of that heat there. Come on into the coolness of this new episode of the Broadway Bulletin. We have two unique shows to talk to you about today, and we don't want to waste another minute. To get things going, we head to Theater Row, where we saw Hitler's Tasters. What a great way to start the show, eh? Eh. <laughs> Hitler's Tasters. Eh. Eh. Well, we're, you know, we're out of the heat. Hitler's Tasters. Deserves another title reading. Very interesting show. Um, I bet you can't guess what it was about. Um, I am guessing it's about uh, Vladimir Putin. So close, so close. No, it was about a delicate subject matter in that it dealt with the girls who were the food tasters for Hitler to make sure his food wasn't poisoned. Oh! Yes, and they were, like, chosen, and I'm using quotes. Like, you know, when they would go by and they'd be like, hey, you, you, we have a special job for you. How are you going to say no? Like, you know, what are your options? I'm going to go taste the food for the Fuhrer, or I'm going to get killed on the spot. Hmm decisions um but it also was a reflection of modern and recent events uh and reflect the ideas of the MAGA crowd hmm. uh referencing things like Black Lives Matter movement and the and replacement theory ideas um so I should take a step back real quick though being set during World War II there were still elements of modern things are like they had cell phones and they were taking selfies and that and the idea of Instagram existed but they weren't allowed to post to it. So it's a story that is drawing the conclusion of what's happening now is similar to what happened then. It's set then but it has elements of now. Mm-hmm. But they're, the some of the lines that they reference or ideas they reference it's like oh wait a minute I've literally heard these um, these um, what, what do you call them philosophies or mindsets or you know what these organizations might believe in these mantras I can't think of what they're called but you know mission statement yeah I've heard them say these things and manifests I'm, yeah and I'm like yeah yeah and but the thing is they fit then just as much as now so um it had a hallowed idea overshadowing um the insurrection also what do you mean by that um they the the they they focus on an idea of we could die at any day but an honorable death in the name of the fuhrer in the name of the fatherland so to die you know, we, we could die, but we would die an honorable death because it'd be in the name of the Fuhrer, in the name of the Fatherland. We're dying for a noble cause. And I was like, ooh, I heard those things on January 6th. Ultimate allegiance to one person. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah, and, uh, okay, I can Tell, see that. Telling yourself that, like, what you're doing is a noble cause kind of thing. Okay. You know, um... Is it nationalism? Yes. The, uh, nationalism ideas, ideals. That's the word I was looking for earlier. So these ideas being said, you know, what if we die, it's an honorable death because... And I was like, ooh. I, n- uh, having already brought those previous ideas, I was like, 
this is smart writing because again they're saying one thing but they're saying another um there was a very interesting use of music to help tell the story uh and with the scene and costume changes so all of that kind of happened in front of us uh, especially with the the when they would get the meals mm-hmm. and their music choice was very interesting because it all had lyrics and the lyrics would reflect what so their what mind you're was saying, saying is the style of the show is very brechtian Yes. It was very Bertolt Breck. Yes. And so you would have enjoyed that. You see, if I had had your, you are the knower of all things like Brecht and um, absurdism and all that. That is your like your your niche. You know all that. Me, I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, so it's got this, so it's got this, so it's got this, and you know, go, that's called Brechtian, and I'm like. I have a degree. <laughs> I is smart. Yes. <clears throat> um, and I just, because at first I was like, wow, what an interesting, before the show, I was like, what an interesting choice of music. And then as the show would go on, I was like, this, I, you know, music is picked for a certain reason in a show. And I was like, okay. So you're saying one thing in the show, you're saying another thing in these scene, in between scenes, these interval kind of things. Interesting. Um, complimenting that, um, the movement was choreographed, and it was great. Um, the co- costume changes were choreographed. The movements when the guards would approach and deliver the food was choreographed. You know, we, they would be talking da 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 da, and then one girl would hear something, and then all of a sudden you'd hear footsteps approaching, and then in lockstep with the sound effects, they would outstretch their hands. Boom, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like shackles being put on you, but it's actually them receiving their food. Because and the food is shackling them to life. Yes. The lighting was fantastic and really complimented the music and movement. The dialogue was very natural and sounded like young teen girls talking. Um, they did keep some points of entrance relevant to time, like movie stars and the invasion of countries and such. So, like, they. They would talk when they would talk about like famous movie stars that they want to ooh la la and everything like that. It was from World War Two, okay, or invasion of countries that was still then, but again, it was things that they would see on their phones. So, overall, very good satirical piece and very tongue in cheek, which I loved. Sadly, the show closed on May 21st, 2022. to another new theater for us in Brooklyn, the Polanski Shakespeare Center, where we saw theater for a new audience's production of The Wedding Band. I first want to start by saying this is the second work of an incredible playwright named Alice Childress, which has been done this this year, within a 12-month period. Her other work was on Broadway called Trouble in Mind. So it's so great that this playwright's being done and and being done often and more in the mainstream. So I want to give that. All right. 
Um, I love the set. Loved it. It the theater is really big, and I think it's like it almost feels like a former warehouse, but they don't utilize all the space for seating but that's okay and they make up for it in the fact that they can have these gorgeous spaces mm -hmm. so it's in the thrust and okay. the set was like expensive well no it, it you were outside there were fields in front of you and stuff like that you know what i mean like it wasn't it felt real they felt like they brought a piece, and I think it was based in South Carolina. So they brought that on the stage, some South Carolina on the stage. But then mixed to it, you had the bedroom of the leading lady on one end, but like there wasn't a door or anything. There was like a bedroom on one end, and it was all in the middle of like this field. Like everything just kind of blended together, steps up to what the stage would be. Okay. Yeah. So... And that beautiful tall grass. I'll never get it out of my, my head. It was gorgeous. So I just liked that they didn't use like flats or anything to separate it. You know, mm -hmm. we really worked and used our imagination to kind fill of, in the blanks. The only thing, the way that you're describing it kind of sounds like it was a dream. Yes. Oh, no, no. Because there were no walls. Yes. Yet we had this obvious def definition of separate spaces. But it's important to keep that in mind. The music used throughout the show and during the pre-show intermission was brilliant. What it was. It was gorgeous. It? Of the time, spirituals, things like that. What was the time? It was 30s, 40s. Okay. World War Two. Okay. Um, the costumes were gorgeous and timely, beautiful. I just, I love a good cinched waist. Is it swing skirt I like? What are the, what are the dresses swing, I like? Swing skirt. Yeah, I love those. Um, the story was really captivating and a brilliant slow burn. I love a good slow burn. Um, the accents were also so fantastic and consistent and varied to show the different classes. Very important. Ah, okay. You know, you had more of the loose southern draw, da 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 when it was a little bit more lower class. The leading lady was a little bit more, I'd say, middle class. Did still have a southern, but she had a little bit more... I, I don't... Not diction... Uh, I don't want to call it proper, but you know... Uh, more mid-Atlantic Southern. Like, so there was more enunciation. Yes, and then when you had these uppity white people... It was mid-Atlantic. It was, mid <coughs> was pointed Southern. Okay. Um, the humor was nice and light and balanced out the drama, which was great. There was still a little bit of humor in there. Um, the legal and societal issues keeping them from being married is heartbreaking and really angering. Now... I know that, that that comment, you're like, wait, what? Our leading lady is black. And it's like, why doesn't she have a man? Why doesn't she have a man? Why doesn't she have a man? That doesn't make any sense. Well, she does have a man. She has a beau. Um, he is white. And they want to be married. They want to be together. But it's the 1930s or 40s, and legally they can't. And I thought that's so weird. And I, and I literally, I'm, I'm sitting there with, with our friends of the show, Lisa, Taisha, and Eleanor, right? And I'm like, well, but I'm, I, I thought they legalized interracial marriage, like, you know, 
around 1900. This doesn't make sense. Like, I can't. It's World War II. Like, I'm sure that that's not illegal. Interracial marriage wasn't legal until 1967. Can you believe that? What kind of crap is that? So I'm watching this and I'm like, uh, what? So the fact that they just want to be married, they're so in love, but the law says no. I'm just like, this is heartbreaking. I, oh, I can't even begin to tell you how outraged I was. Um, the climax in Act Two, where there is a vicious exchange between the mother of of this man and Julia, is so good, so good. Um, the final moments, um, when everyone's in white and the pool of water. Um, I, I should back up. There's these rocks, and that's part of the set, right? And during the final scene, when Julia's just kind of surrendering everything and she's given up on everything and she doesn't want anything to do with anything because her her beau, her lover, doesn't get it. He's like, we'll just run away from all this. We'll we'll get away from it. Which what he doesn't get and what, what Julia's trying to explain to him is every like it's not just about you and I. Like you have to understand that every black man who's lynched, everything that happens to my people happens to me. We can't just shut the door on that just to be uh, like you. You can't turn an eye to all of that because he says like we'll just close the door on the world. We've been doing that for years. We'll just keep doing it. And she's like, but we can't close the door to all this ugly. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to acknowledge all this. And I find that really powerful. Anyway, so she tells him like, you know, go away. I don't want anything to do with you. Blah 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 blah. Well, on these rocks bubbles up all this water and this pool forms down by us, which is incredible like all of a sudden oh my gosh there's a pool and and she's all in white and she walks into the water and it basically looks like a baptismal she 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 she's baptized she's cleansed and in doing so she makes herself anew It, it just made the ending all that much more powerful it was amazing um i also found it really interesting that Julia and her her lover never kissed like lip to lip or gave into their desire through the entire play. Oh. They've been together for so long but that that act of intimacy never happened on stage. Not giving into the fascination with interracial love, that forbidden love, like that that was really important to me and I I I thought that was that was that was a powerful either I don't know if it was in the the stage direction or if it was a director's choice but I thought that was really powerful because we could have focused on the fantasy of interracial love and instead it was like no not only is it, are they not allowed to be married but we're not even going to give you the chance to see like true intimacy they, we're not going to allow you to feel any joy from this. They're, like You don't get to feel any happiness from this relationship. Just right. to understand how horrible that this situation was kind of thing. Um, so that made the message more powerful. And the actress who played Julia was so phenomenal, so incredible. Uh, we stuck around as well for the talk back, and that was just amazing. Amazing people spoke. Smarter people than I will ever be spoke. I hope to have a couple of them on the show. Um, 
this really is a brilliant play that should be read, studied. Alice Childress is someone that everyone should look into. She's a really brilliant playwright. Um, so I, I hope that more people will read her work and produce her work. Because yeah, I love that. That's it. Sorry, I was doing a little bit of research into it. So the play was originally copyrighted in 1973, which was just a couple years. Yep. After they, Loving they, versus Virginia, they talked which about it. Is what is that what they talked about in the in talk? In the talk back? back, yep, yep. So, well, hopefully, I have a couple of them on the show for Whisper in the Wing in that way. Ah, oh, that sounds yeah. amazing. That sounds like a, a good yes. uh, talk back. Sadly, this show closed on May 22nd, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by John Bartman and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.